Hello, and welcome to another episode of Deprogrammed on Unsafe Space. I'm your host, Carrie Smith, and I'm very excited about our guest today. This is another uh, person that the community was really just telling us, you have to get him on. He's the nicest guy. We are going to be talking with Drunk 3PO, a.k.a. Jay. What an intro. Who's been saying I'm nice? (laughs) Everybody says you're the nicest guy. I got messages about you saying... Oh my gosh, he's so nice. He's such a great human. What? <laughs> yeah, this well, is really that fooled, true? I fooled a lot of people on the internet, man, just to show. No, no. I also heard that you're a fan of nice hats. Yes, and my I had I have a fedora, but when I was in Vegas, it it magically disappeared. So uh, it was my favorite fedora. I mean, oh my goodness, and it's uh it's gone. It it got lost in the Vegas. Oh, that sucks. (laughs) Well, one of our, uh, one of the people who I watches your show and our show, Matt, the hat guy, Matt Deckard, used to work in hats. Maybe he could hook you up. Yeah, he's reached out. He's reached out. (laughs) Actually, the store where I bought that fedora actually sent me an email too. They were like, hey, man, come back. And they're in Orlando here where I'm at. And they're like, come back and, um, so what, probably next week. And everybody, it's so weird. Like everybody wants me to live stream it. They're like, go live so we can help you pick out your new fedora. <laughs> so I was like, oh, we'll see. We'll see. But I'm, so, I'm going to go back there and get another one. So so speaking of, for anyone who's not familiar with your show, you also do another show for Geeks and Gamers that's all about mm-hmm. theme parks where you do go live a lot mm-hmm. and interact with the public. Can you tell us a little about that show? Um. So when I met Jeremy uh, from Geeks and Gamers, uh, he, I don't, he reached out to me. I'll make long story short, but we were, he was like, oh, I really want you on the team. He goes, but what I really am looking for is someone to cover theme parks. And since I literally live a stone throws away from Magic Kingdom uh, and all the theme parks, I was like, I'm your guy, man, I can do it. And so we just started that way. And it's been a weird journey. We we started the theme park channel right when every right when the world shut down. So I was wow. like, well, this is going great. <laughs> <laughs> like this is going great. Like we I went to like some of the theme parks about two weeks before they they shut down for the whole shutdown, and um, then once Florida opened up before the rest of the world, it seems like, and the theme parks opened up while people were still in lockdown. Uh, I just started going and at first I was just like making videos and then it, it was weird. Like Bloomberg reached out because they're like, we need to know what's going on in the theme theme park. So can you help us out here with like articles and all that? And so all these news agencies were, it was, it was kind of weird. We're reaching out while uh, I'm just walking around universal studios or Legoland and things like that. They just wanted to know what, what was going on, you know, if people were afraid. And so it, it kind of like, skyrocketed the channel there at the at right at the beginning and now now we just have fun you know now we just have fun so it's it's been an awesome it's been an awesome journey but i will say this as you as a youtuber and a twitter person you know that when people don't agree with you they can get kind of nasty with you and leave comments now in the star wars community that i've known for uh they're they're pretty brutal but none no, and I repeat, none have been more brutal than the theme park community. <laughs> I have bumped into other channels telling me, hey, you, you don't belong here. Uh, I mean, right to my face. And like, like the mafia? Comments, 
yeah and they're just like there's too many theme park vloggers here we don't need another one and you're part of geeks and gamers and they're speaking out against that we don't we don't want you it's like we don't want your kind here we don't want you wow. and i'm a big dude so first of all i gave him respect for like i'm 6'4 260 you know so it's like the fact that they would have the nerve to even say that it's just that that to me has been hilarious um it is it sounds know. like a sharks versus jets it sounds like something that you would actually see at a theme park maybe sort of it's a musical crazy. it's, it's like when, we got, when we got started when we started like really moving like we would show up for live streams and it'd be like a hundred down votes before we went live and i'm going <laughs> these people are nuts man like these people the other thing is too is like we we're pretty uh like balanced like we'll go there and just say this place this stinks like this ain't while everybody else is like i'm at theme parks disney can do no wrong it's so perfect here and here i am i'm like nah, this sucks <laughs> like this, they're charging too much I, I wouldn't come to this i'd go to this so it's uh it's it's been quite the adventure and you do that do you do that every day uh i try to go um like i try to be in the theme parks about two to three times a week wow. if, like what how it uh, schedule wise and stuff and then like throughout the week we just like uh talk about news topics and stuff uh, for me it's like it's just real it's a lot of fun because my brother lives down here and mm -hmm. going to theme parks has always been it's always Do you been know, there you know, are people who live here, you just go Oh. I didn't I didn't realize it was like that in Florida as well. But in Los Angeles, I used to live in L.A. And there were people I knew who had lived there their whole life. And they had they had the annual pass mm -hmm. and they would go every day mm -hmm. or several times a week. And it was just I I never thought of it that way, because if you don't live near one of these parks, it's sort of once in a magic as a child. Maybe you get to go there once. But the idea that people can just like go all the time. I know. I, and they tell me all the time, like, if we ever hear you complain about your life, Jay, like, <laughs> go to Disney World like for a living. Like people pay you to ride. It's a small world. What's wrong with you? You better be smiling every day. Oh, it's like it, the Devil Wears Prada, but with theme parks. <laughs> you better not complain. People would kill for this job. I, I know. It's it's it's. <laughs> you're absolutely right, and it it's a blessing, and um, very grateful that Jeremy of all people. Uh, he reached out and he was like, hey, let's let's make this happen. So I have a great team that works with me when I'm not there. And, and, it, and it just kind of falls in line with what um, I've always I've always been doing. I've never been a homebody. Mm -hmm. I, I get cabin fever when I'm at home and, and I've traveled around the world twice again. And I'm going to do it again wow. this time with a camera well, as much as I can with what's going yeah, on. Yeah, I was going to say. That's um, interesting. How are you, when are you planning on doing that? I just started actually, I, well, I'm starting in America. So the other, the other channel that I have is called jaywalking the planet. So like for, for like uh 12, 15, uh, roughly around almost 15 years of my, my life. I, I don't know what you classify it. People say humanitarian, but, um, basically i was supposed to my life was after college i was like i was actually gonna long story short i was actually gonna move to africa and kenya and we were no uh, I was working, yeah i was working with a group there that was helping the hiv pandemic and we were i was gonna stay there for some time and then 
the earthquake in happened in Haiti in 2010, January of 2010. And the same organization that here I was in Florida, they were like, hey, we need emergency help. They were like, do you want to help for a couple of days? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll go. So I went and I ended up staying for like three and a half years. And then from that, from that, it was mm-hmm. it was interesting because they were like, there's an American on the ground. He speaks Creole, like the Haitian. I don't speak it very well, but I speak enough. And and so they kept sending me teams. And this is like the short, short version. They kept sending me. They're like, hey, we're going to bring like 30 doctors. Can you pick them up and take them where they need to go? I was like, yeah, no problem. So I'm like the bus driver man in Haiti. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they're like, we're bringing a bunch of food. Can you get it somewhere? Like, yeah, no problem. And then all these other organizations began reaching out saying, hey, would you like to lead a team to Cambodia? Would you like to go to China? Would you like to go? And I'm, and, and me just being like, uh, not even thinking twice. I'm like, yeah, why not? You know, like so go I, visit and see. And, and yeah, well, wow. They were cool trips because we did a lot of good work. Right. And then like I took three, four extra days to just see. See the place. The problem was I never brought cameras. So this time I want to go back whenever I'm allowed. Cameras. Did you ever make it to East Africa? I lived in Tanzania for half a year. Yeah, I was going to ask. I was in Rwanda and Cambodia. Oh, okay. So that was it. Those two places. And um, right outside of Nairobi, uh, at the time, if they discovered you had HIV or AIDS, you were like shunned from the community. And so all Mm -hmm. these little. Yeah poverty stricken towns were popping up with people that, that had AIDS and um, it was, it was sad. And we were just trying to, you know, not give them a handout, but just, they, they knew their fate. Like we're going to make it work out here. So it's like just helping them with agriculture, clean water initiatives and stuff like that. So, so you worked with humanitarian causes for, what was that? Three years, you said. Almost. And all the, mean. 15? Wow. And all these different places. Okay. So then how did you take us on the path to how you became drunk 3PO? Yeah. (laughs) Um, When I, uh, in Cambodia was like the last, um, one of the last trips I did. And for whatever reason that, um, for whatever reason, the horrors of seeing children die, like hunger and all, I'm not trying to get dark or anything, but yeah. the, all these memories, for whatever reason, uh, when I got back on the plane to come back to the States, it really messed me up. Uh, I mean, and I have no shame in saying, like, I had to go to counseling. Uh, I, it just was like, it just messed me. I couldn't, I had nightmares anyway, long story, but I had all that and it messed up relationships and things like it, it just, it really had an effect on me because I don't think I ever truly detoxed, I guess. I don't know if that's the right word, but never really processed because, you know, for 10 years, you're seeing suffering, hunger, you know, and and you're just like, all right, let's go to the next. Okay. Let's go to the next. And you don't really process how terrible that actually is. So I come back to the States and, and my, my counselor was like, you need to, you need to find a hobby <laughs> that has yeah. nothing to do with like poverty or anything like something that you really love. And so I was like, I like Star Wars. I had some friends. We're all just Star Wars fr- fans. And we all just made really dumb names. 
and drunk 3PO was one of them. <laughs> and like, we're all just like, like my brother's name is like buzzed R2D2 and all that. And we just, and so we just started uh, a weekly thing on YouTube in front of nobody, maybe one person where we just talked Star yeah. Wars. And I became a school teacher. Uh, I moved to Orlando and was just trying to balance my, just trying to balance life out again. And I don't know how all this happened, to be honest with you. It's only been on YouTube like two and a half years. And it just, I just started talking about Star Wars and uh, I got lucky because they were building Galaxy's Edge right, you know, down the street. And I just was like, I know people that are working on the site and I'm just telling them on my channel, like on my channel, I'm like, this is what's going on. And it just skyrocketed my channel and i just i couldn't believe it i never yeah. expected it i never it wasn't a dream to be where i'm at today like it, it just it, it wasn't a thought process to me it was right. people having fun you know connecting because we lived in different areas like what we're doing now you know it's like uh, yeah well and it sounds like one of the one of the interviews i watched with you you were talking about how you didn't like one of the movies yeah and you started to comment about that on twitter mm -hmm. and that was the first time you ran up against sort of a mob can you mm -hmm. can you tell us a little about that yeah so the, the last jedi came out and i hated it i hated that movie <laughs> and as a star wars fan that i think that i am <laughs> i just started like I'm like, how can people like this is a terrible film? Like, how do people like it? And there was a got an author who uh, writes for StarWars.com and he was having a Twitter, I don't know, discussion. And he was like doing these threads and he was talking about the movie. And I just did one little comment. I was like, uh, he was talking about Luke Skywalker. And I was like, how can you say that that is how Luke Skywalker would end up? Like question mark. And sure enough, he's like, oh, we have one of those on my Twitter, everyone. And I'm like, oh, one of those? One of those. And then it was like the dog pile came and it, it freaked me out. It never happened to me before. I like deleted the tweet. I deleted every. I just was like, oh, my God. Like, <laughs> what is this? Like, I don't want like yeah. it's crazy. And then it's and then, you know, speaking to my friends and everything, they're like, man, make a drunk three. And then this was like my personal account. It was like J four, five, one, one, you know, had 20 followers, nothing major. And they're like, make a drunk three PO account and just just let it ride, man. Just let it ride. You don't have to give your identity or anything. And so I did. And again, never thought <laughs> it would be. I never thought and it wasn't my intention. But it was just like, and that was my first taste of cancel culture. Mm -hmm. And if you don't think like we, then you're not one of us. You must be shunned from the community. It's almost like you have leprosy. Yeah. You know, it's like, get over there, <laughs> you leper. Like you're unclean. You well, know? did you like, notice okay. how they already had a category for you? That's like the most interesting thing <laughs> that they're like one of those. So it's all you say is I did this is I didn't like this movie or I didn't think this character would turn out this way. Do you, do you buy this? And then boom, that's it. You're in this box. Yeah. And now we know all these things about you or assume that we, we assume all these things about you really. You called me like those people that in world war two, I, I know we can't say certain yeah. things, on you, but you know what I'm talking about. And I'm yeah. like, 
how do you call me that? You know, and then they're like, oh, you're racist. You're I'm like, are you kidding me? We're talking about a Star Wars movie. And it just it just begins to, you know, it escalates. And, um, you know, then like I get associated with geeks and gamers. And now that really just took took whatever they thought about me into a whole nother uh, level of of what they think I am and who I am. And you're in we, we call them on our show unpersons. You're an unperson. That's it. <laughs> They've made you into an unperson. So it, it's true, though. It's just it's crazy how they their mind just is like they disagree with us. So you're automatically boom, 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 A, B, C, D, E, F, G. So have you heard of um, in psychology, they call it splitting. Have you heard of this term before? No, I haven't. So a lot of times they they talk about it if, when they're just when they're talking about personality disorders like borderline personality disorder which is one of the cluster b personality disorders they they do a lot of splitting and all of these all of the characteristics of some of these disorders they're all human things that that everyone will do from time to time but they but it's to an extreme and so Mm. splitting splitting is when you see everything in black and white people are either good or evil there's no gray area which is where most everything happens in the gray area but they really view people, a lot of borderline people, they view everyone as you're good or you're bad. And I think a lot of the social justice mindset, this my old belief system is like that. They immediately put you in that box. You're bad. You're one of those. That's it. There's no gray area. There's good. They do that without research. Yeah. yeah. It's like whatever the mob says, it must be true. Yes. Oh, so it's like. They're like, okay, I see all these people. They're all saying this guy's of this, so it's got to be true. So let's just let's just jump on and go, you know. Yeah. And if you think I, about I, it, though, it makes the world it it makes the world seem more, um, I guess maybe less scary for someone who's scared of all the nuances and about because because then it's like, okay, the world is basically. I go out, I look. There's this guy drunk three PO. He's saying he doesn't like Star Wars bad guy. I can cut him out of my life. You know, like, there's good guys and bad guys and that's the way I'm going to be the world. And I don't know. So, so I'm just kind of reveling here now, but that, oh, but, no, no, I guess. <laughs> but it's true. It's just, it's, uh, the, the interesting thing is how easy the younger generation grabs a hold of that. Um, and how, how I, how I saw it, you know, I, I taught fifth grade and um, they, they even will see memes and take that as truth. You know, if someone puts together a really good meme about the president or that he did this or and and a lot of times it's like at that young age, they could even see photoshopped pictures and say, well, that's real. Wow. You know, and, and how easy it, you know, manipulation of the mind, you know, especially in, and th- then they can get you. So uh, to believe what they want you to believe. Are you still teaching? I am. But what what happened, this was interesting. My last year in the classroom, it was a difficult one because uh I was I'm a good teacher and I had a lot of had a lot I loved I loved uh fifth and sixth grade because I got them all day. And I, I just made teaching fun because I know I know myself, like I wouldn't mm-hmm. want to sit. So like for science, we'd go outside and like, anyway, all these things. And the last, it, it, it was kind of interesting. The, the year that I said, I'm not going to do it. 
I was also the basketball coach. Um, it was it was difficult because I took a job teaching online because my heart was ready to. I was going to travel the world again, like I was ready. And so I was like, let me take this online teaching position where I could work anywhere in the world. So if I ended up going to Paris or wherever, as long as there was the Internet, I could get my work done and and, you know, and and then go do what I always wanted to do. That, that was that's been my dream. So to this time, take a camera. And um, so it started out like I was getting ready to go. And then uh, the school year started in September for me. And I was like mapping out all these things. And I was going to leave in February. And actually, I was going to spend a whole month in El Salvador in March. And I, had, I just had it already. <laughs> I even had some of the tickets bought. And sure enough, like life just you know, they, they shut they shut everything down. And I was like, wow, now what do I do? Yeah. Blessing in disguise for whatever reason. Um, I was, my job actually got, I got a lot of raises and contracts to teach because online teachers were in super high demand last year. So yeah. other teachers that were kind of getting like put on, you know, government assistance because there's no work and things like that. I'm like, like working two shifts and, you know, like I'm, I'm, my mindset was like, let me work as much as I can to save up enough money. So when this is all over, I can get back on a plane and and do what I got to do. So it it was a, was a blessing sort of, you know, and, and I still do that today. I'm still, I'm on like summer break. So mine doesn't, I don't really kick back in to work till September. So. Do you ever worry about, this sort of the online cancel culture mob that we talked about trying to come for you in real life. No, they have. Oh, okay. They reached out to my school. Some people reached out to my school that I work for and, uh, yeah. it, uh, they, they just, they just blew it up. Hey, didn't know mine. Yeah. It wasn't as big of an attack, like on, it was just a couple people. Yeah. And you know, you know, Jay that you got working there is a racist and everything. And they, they, they found out. So now it's like more just being a little more careful with yeah. identity and uh, things like that. Just to just just to be careful. But I mean, if people really, really, really wanted to find out stuff, they they can. It's it's really not that hard. I mean, after the Gina interview, when I was mentioned on Fox News, that was kind of like that was cool. And then you're like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> the emails well, start pouring in and like TMZ and all these places where I was just like, Hey, I'm like, this is weird. Like, I, I remember like Jeremy from geese and Gainer. I was like, I'm sending them these emails. Like, what do I do? I don't know what to do. <laughs> He's like, just don't answer them. And I'm like, and then my Twitter's was like, it was crazy. And then from the good stuff comes the bad stuff comes death threats. And, you know, just, you know, crazy. We know where you live. And, and we had one guy that was just, Gina's my girlfriend and how dare you do an interview? I'm going to kill you because, and you're crazy. Jeez. Like I, I, and that's what I tell people. It's like a few years ago, wouldn't even know who the heck I was, was out in Haiti somewhere building homes, nothing big. And now look at me mentioned (laughs) on Fox news. Like I never in a million years, um, you know, like I said, there's parts of it that are like, that's cool. But then, for someone like me that's not used to that stuff, it was it was uh, a little stressful to be honest with you, um, because when I theme park vlog, like everyone will know where I'm at. It's like I'm at Universal Studios today. I know. 
Yeah. And they could just follow the live stream and know exactly where I'm standing. And that's happened multiple times. Uh, actually, it happens almost every time I go live now. People will be like, Jay, hey, 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 I met you. I know where you're at. Like, and, it, and it's been very pleasant. Yeah. So, can, can you tell, uh, why, why do you think it is that you said, you know, two years ago you were just doing humanitarian stuff. Now you have this channel and you, there's a lot of positive and a lot of negative that comes with that. Why did it blow up the way it did? Why, why are people seeking out alternative media? In your opinion, they don't What's- trust anybody else. Like there's a, it's, I, it's, a, it's hard for me to watch any news right now because it's like, I, CNN will put out something ridiculous and you're like, what is that? And then Fox will just try to rebut that. And it's like, yeah. you're missing like new, it's more, and they're just like, oh, this agency's, look at them. They're crazy. And they're like, no, 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 this is the truth. And it's just finding the truth in muddy waters is very difficult, you know, and, and that's the thing. And, and everyone, everyone's seeking truth. Everybody wants to know what's going on. And, and when you're only given like 2% of a hundred of the story, and then now it's all opinion pieces where that's how they get away with it. You know, they could just make stuff up and say, well, it was an opinion. It was an opinion Mm -hmm. piece. You know, it's an opinion piece. And people are after a while you just kind of get tired of being fed the same thing and you're just like there's got to be a voice out there that that i can listen to that makes sense of all this that's going on because the world is upside down and and it's 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 crazy crazy times you know it's like crazy especially here in america i've never never thought you know you'd see the day where they told you you can't leave your house you know like that that's that was uh never been afraid of America. Like that was I never was scared, but that was eye opening. It was like, man, that's legit. You know, like that's that's uh that's really something. And seeing a world perspective of what other people struggle with and go through, you know, most people they 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 just struggle with trying to find food every day or water or clean water or something, or they just want they just want their kids to go to school. And, you know, they work these manual labor jobs like till they almost drop dead just to get their kids to school. And then you come to America and then where people are. What I'm saying is like people overseas don't understand why people that live in America hate it so much. That's like the biggest question I always got. They're like, if they hate it there so much, why are they there? (laughs) They're like, I would trade places with them like. Yeah. You know, and 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 so. So, yeah. So now you've got media and all these outlets of people saying all kinds of ridiculous, crazy things and then labeling you if you don't agree with them. And I think people now are just like, I'm I'm tired of it. Stop calling me names if I disagree with you. How dare you know, who are you? Stop telling me yeah. what to do. Stop forcing stuff on me because that's not what America's about. Um, that's why we broke away. You know, that's why we why we did all that stuff because we didn't want to be forced to do stuff that we didn't want to do. And yet here we are back again. Are you a Christian man? I see you wearing a cross. Uh, My dad. So my dad was a, is a, was a preacher. Mm -hmm. And, um, but he also, he was by, they called it bivocational. So he didn't get paid. So he also worked. And um, it's weird. Like I had lost my faith for a while 
And my major, my, uh, my bachelor's degree is in religion. So I, I went on this really yeah. weird journey uh, early in life to see if there was a God. And yeah. I, so I went to China and visited Buddhists. You know, I, just, I did all this crazy. It was the Middle East and trying to understand the Quran and I, I just all this stuff. Cause I was, I was just confused, confused. Well, young what, man. Searching for truth. Searching for truth. And it was, it was interesting. So I, we got to this uh, one place where this guy goes, Jay, man, you're overthinking. He goes, go find a Bible and just read the red letters. It's like, don't read it. Don't get complicated. Don't study it in Greek. Don't sing songs about it. Don't do it. Just read the red letters and tell me what you think. That's all I want you to do. Just read the red letters. Like, if you know what that means, that's just the word yeah. of Christ. So he's like, just read that. Don't get into all this. Don't get into all that. He's like, you're overthinking. And I was like, okay, I've read hundreds of books. I've traveled. I've done all this stuff to find. And you're just telling me to go all the way back home and just read what I've heard my whole life. He goes, just read it. Just read it. So sure enough, I and I, I took it a little more simplistic approach where it was like, if you see someone hungry, give them something to eat. And I'm like, well, that's not complicated. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's like, why are we? I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, why have we made that complicated? Why do we have to study that in the original Hebrew before we do it? Why do we have to put prayer groups together before we actually do that? Why do we have to make songs about that before we actually do that? You know, it's like it's very not, it's not complicated. And he's just like, if I'm thirsty, give me something to drink. Yeah. If uh, you see someone that needs clothes, if you got two coats, give one of your coats away. And like, I, I started looking at that. I'm like, is it really that simple? Is it really that simple? And you know, it's like, it learn to forgive people that hurt you, you know, and, and just, just seeing like Jesus life and his, his simple, I, I mean, they're not really, they're simple. They're, they're very, it's very simple, but complex, but it's just. It's simple in terms of, I think like saying, but it's hard to actually live it. And that's, that's what I would say. It's hard to actually live it. And so people hear stuff like this, you're making me laugh because I'm, I'm a pretty new Christian. And when I came to God, it was like kicking and screaming, but I had a similar moment of when I opened up the Bible and started looking at it, I'm like, Oh, like he says, don't lie. Like that would have saved yeah, me so like, much heartache. Like, <laughs> don't murder. Yeah, don't that's, murder. Good, that's a good one. Hmm. Maybe I shouldn't do that. <laughs> or just, yeah, just things that it's sort of, you insist on learning and, the hard way. And then it's like, but this book is sort of telling you, hey, this is the best way to live. You and, know? And, it ha and that's just what I've, you know, I, I've, I've become, because I, I realized that Jesus... The only people he got mad at, he didn't get mad at people that were messing up. He didn't get mad at prostitutes, people stealing, like the tax guy. He didn't really get mad at them. He got mad at religious people. He got mad it's at like hypocrites. He just got mad at all the religious people. Yes. And he was just like, you are the ones that are making all these people act this way because you think you're better than everyone else. So stop it. You know, and it, and I mean, the only time he really had a bout of anger you know, is he went into church and he just started throwing tables you know, mm -hmm. and driving people out. And I'm thinking, wow, wow. <laughs> it's like, he, of all you know, what, you know what I think, Jay, I think that is because I don't really have a problem with people. I don't have a problem with language, with words or just words. I don't have a problem with curse words. And, but what I think about taking the Lord's name in vain to me, that's when you try to put God's name on something that is mm -hmm. not of God. And so 
when he's like going after the throwing the tables and stuff, it's like, you're putting God's name on something that's not of God. You're putting like all those Pharisees that, you know, the, the one that stands on the street corner and, and prays on the street corner so that he might be seen praying. You're a hypocrite. You're putting God's name on something that God does not support, like this sort mm-hmm. of virtue signaling. The Pharisees are the OG virtue signalers. They're like the woke in the Bible, you know, the ones who say things so that they may be seen saying it yeah. and get applause for it. And yeah. Uh, and he so, didn't like that. No, <laughs> I was just like, and and that's, you know, and on this, you know, we, everybody's whether they take a journey of faith or wherever, it's it's a never ending, it's a never ending learning process. If it should be a never ending learning process, is what I'm saying, and learning about God and who, who he is in your life and, and, or who God is in your life and, and what he wants of you and what he has for you and, and trying to understand why he loves you. And it's a never ending process. So, because before I, as a preacher's kid, I guess you'd say you, we felt so bogged down with like a checklist rules of how to live that I'm like, that ain't for me. Yeah. Because there's no way I can live up to your standards. So if I can't live up to your standards and I can't live up to God's standards, then what's the point? Then I, 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 then I'm just going to just try to live as happy and fulfilled as I possibly can. Because if God ain't going to love me because I can't live to his standards, then that what's the point. And so for me to unlearn that thinking of just, you're, you're too complicating it, Jay. Like, just relax, man. Just start relax, like, yeah. the easy stuff and, you know, and and just take it one day at a time. Like I said, like, this person's hungry. Give him some food. All right, I could do that, God. I could do That's easy. He's hungry. Yeah. Here's I bought you a hamburger. There you go. You know, and then you just kind of build these little steps. Um, And while you're building up these little steps, God begins chipping away little things that, you know, in your life and that he wants you to, to just be the best Jay, I can be. He doesn't want me to be anybody else. He doesn't want me, you know, to be you. He doesn't want me to be anybody. He wants me to be who I am, and not everyone, you know, is supposed to be me. So it's it. And once you understand that, and, and so this is the thing. And sorry if I'm really going off here. I hope no, everyone I love understands this. what I'm saying. <laughs> for uh, for people in my the way I see life, for people to find a purpose or a passion. There's there's two things they've got to understand about themselves, because this is what I had to learn, even when I was like working out in the field and all that stuff. Um, you've, you've got to learn first to love yourself. And the sad reality is that even in some churches or religion or friends, even family or even people in your circle. They have built inside of you uh, so much either shame or whatever that you, you don't understand how to love yourself. Like you, you don't, you're not happy in your own skin. You're always comparing yourself to everyone else. I wish I looked that way. I wish I did this with all oh, this perfect, this and that. And it's very hard to love yourself. If, if you're always comparing yourself and always look, seeing yourself in a negative light. But once you get to that corner of this is who I am, uh, I'm going to do my best to better myself and love myself. Then you begin, then you can begin to start to love others yes. in a way that you haven't done before. And I always tell people that 
you've got to get to a place of serving. I, I believe everyone should serve others, maybe even if it's for a week, even if it's volunteering, even if it's just once a year, you should try to do that once and do it in a way where you will, where you mentally understand you will get nothing back. Absolutely nothing. Not even a thank, like go in with the attitude of no one's even going to thank me. And once you figured that out, because you've learned to love yourself, now you learn to love people. Um, you begin to see the world differently. And when you start to see the world differently, the passions and the, and the things that you have inside of you that you want to accomplish, you understand that uh, I can really give this out to the world. And I believe that everyone was born to do something to make this world better. And, and again, going back to when you learn to love yourself, you won't compare to others. They're like, oh man, Jay built houses around the world. I can never be like that, so I'm not going to do it. No, 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 no. Not everyone's supposed to do that. Some people are good listeners. Some people yeah. are creative. Some people can draw. Some people can paint. Some people are good with numbers. Some people, I mean, they they just, they can do things that I can never do. And so once you learn to love yourself and stop comparing yourself to others, you under you will understand more on how important your passion and purpose and value is to the world that you're living in today. Now, that was a lot. I just threw up all yeah. over everyone. <laughs> I, so I hope it. you understood what I was trying to say. And if you were confused, just say I was confused and just skip that part and we'll just move on. I think so. even we have a pretty great audience. I have to say they're the atheists um, are very tolerant, usually of and Carter, my co-host is atheist, very tolerant of of me talking about some of this stuff. And and because also, I think you don't have to be Christian for this to uh, to make sense. You don't have to be. These are no, these like, are ways to live. That's the thing is, again, I, I noticed a lot of it as a school teacher with young people that feel they have no value in this world. None, because they're not like so-and-so. And so it was like, stop comparing yourself mm -hmm. to whoever you're comparing yourself yeah. with and learn to say, no, no, this is who I am. I'm important. I have value. And just because I don't have a million followers on Instagram doesn't mean I have any less value than anyone else. Like, you, it, It's just trying to change their thinking of learning to love themselves of who they are. Yeah. Not everyone's going to have blonde hair and blue eyes. Not everyone's going to, you know, uh, it's some people are more athletic than others. Some people are more creative. It's just how it is. It's just how yeah. it is. And we do have done. Oh, go ahead. Do you think that a part of um, what we call woke or social justice ideology, my old belief system, do you think a part of it is this inability to, to sit comfortably with that, with the fact that we're all different and we yes, all have different talents. In the education system now, the ones that are pushing for everyone gets a trophy, no need to take standardized tests, which that's a whole nother debate in itself. Um, everyone should just pass for being there. A lot of it comes from the woke culture crowd. And sitting here and listening to them, they're like, we don't want to upset the kids. So when we're going to play basketball, I don't care what the score is. Everybody wins. Uh, we don't want to upset the kids. Like right now, there's this mandate where they don't want anyone grading with red ink. Can't use red ink because that upsets kids. <laughs> right. That's how bad it's gotten. You know, so some some teachers have reached out and they're like, we can no longer use red pens to like say this is wrong. What are and they so using? 
I mean, yeah, think about the generation. (laughs) I mean, that's what I'm saying. I know, right? Think about the generation that's coming up where it doesn't matter what they turn in, they're going to pass. So now you're teaching young people that I don't have to practice. I don't have to give it my all. I ain't got to study. What's the point? Um, You know, and then for those that feel like my paper was so much better because I took all this time and creativity and I really want to be a writer, but you're giving this person who literally wrote it during lunch, the same, you know, grade, what then, then I have no value here. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So I do. It's like I, I don't have no, so I don't have a place. I don't have a place because we're all the same because you don't yeah. want to hurt their feelings. And it, it's, it's teaching a generation like, like what's the point? I'll just like, I could just do whatever I want and just, and get whatever I want and do whatever I want. And I could be lazy on top of it. So. Have you read, I know a lot of people brought this up in the past year and and rightfully so, because it's very relevant now, but have you read Harrison Bergeron, the short story? No. Oh my goodness. Jay. Yes. It's only like a couple pages. You can find it free online. So Kurt Vonnegut's short story, Harrison Bergeron is it's basically a future. It's a dystopian futuristic short story. And it's basically a future where they want to make everyone equal to protect everyone's feelings. And so the government has come in and given everyone handicaps based on what their talents are. So the smartest people have a chip in their brain or they have a little sound device that when that disrupts their thoughts every few minutes, like an alarm. So they can't think too much. The ballerinas who are, Uh, there's a character who's watching a program and they're ballerinas and some of the dancers, the best dancers have weights on them so that they can't dance as well as they could. So that all the, all the ballerinas are equally talented (laughs) and the most beautiful people have to wear, you know, bags over their faces so that you can't see that they're beautiful. I can't can't read books (laughs) like that because I don't, that'll upset me. I I watched Wally. Remember Wally? Oh yeah. And I'm like, that's where we're heading at folks. We just watch TV yeah. and drink yeah. milkshakes and not do anything creative. Yeah. And let the robots do it all. It's like while and I watching that, I was like, man, this is movie's disturbing because it's depressing. This could be real, like in, in a matter of years. I have been yeah. on a kick um ever since the Gina Carano incident when she was let go from Disney for speaking out, where we all this whole welcome to rebellion thing that I, that my community loves to talk about and push. It's all about independent creators. And so I have been on a kick in, in reading and people that are, that want to be authors that they're like, I have a book, but nobody reads it. You know what I mean? Like, like those, yeah. like, and I keep telling, like, just send them to me. Um, now this, I, I have a book now uh, from my, my friend, well, his screen name is called Yo Jitsu, but his dad was a, was a police officer and he wrote, uh, helped write a book about his dad's life of like the underground crime in some of the cities that he worked for and didn't get a lot of traction, but it's like real stories written by independent people because I think Hollywood is a mess right now. Uh, the stories are a mess. So let's promote people with more creativity and independent. And, yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's the whole welcome to rebellion thing. Uh, so if you, for those that did is follow it, me on Twitter and all that stuff, it's that's all been wrapped up with like the Gina Carano movement where she's like, I'm going to make my own films. Forget it. They do don't want me. Thing. I'm going to do my own thing and I'm going to be happy. And she's freaking happy as like she she gets it. 
It's not a big Hollywood blockbuster. I mean, listen, we all get it. But right now it's like, I need peace of mind. I want freedom to share whatever I, I feel like it's necessary to share. You don't have to agree with me. I'm not going to hate you. Um, and I'm going to go make movies that I love. And that's yeah. just what I want to do. And, and that's, I think more people should be doing that. People, there's people that need to write books that they've been sitting on forever or, uh, you know, maybe need, maybe you need to volunteer, you know, teaching art class. Me and my friends for years, when I was in Fort Lauderdale, every summer there was a, there was a trail like mobile home park near the place that we were at. And for a month and a half, we did free music lessons for like kids that couldn't afford it. I teach P- I see the piano behind me. And um, so we had some that taught the guitar and bass and keyboards and stuff. And we loved it. It, it was it was headaches because I've got like 60 kids with like broken down keyboards that we got from yard sales and everything else. And like you can hear them all hit the wrong note at the same time. Um, but it's like. Giving and, and out of all of them, there was like one or two you could always tell that are like, you really got you, you're picking this up like you know, yeah. no other. And you, you really need to push this gift. Many of them didn't even know they had that within them because they weren't given a chance, you know? And so it's like, you never know if you've got that next great book inside of you, you just got to take a chance and, and just sit down and get it done. Or that, that yeah. wonderful painting that could be hung for time end. you know, you never know. You never know yeah. unless you do it. And if I you think- fail, it, it is what it is. Failure is a part of life. And you got to learn if you love yourself and you fail, you'll be like, oh, I gave it my best. I put 100 percent in and I'll never be able to look back and go, man, maybe. Maybe I could have. Maybe. But plus, I think you know. the failures as someone who's had to get used to failures, again, living in this culture that wants to protect kids and protect mm-hmm. everyone from trying, from failing. It's like the failures are what prepare you for the successes. You have to have a lot of failures. Before you that's the other thing is, is, and that's the problem with this generation coming up. They fail once they done, you know, mm-hmm. it's just like, so that that's why we're building a, you're not going to fail, Billy, go out and play basketball and miss every shot. Your team's going to win. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just like, it's, it's okay. Just go do it. And, <laughs> you know, can we talk a little, I want to switch gears here and talk about what yeah. happened to you now. Now, just so you know, I want to talk about censorship for a second. If you guys are watching this interview and it's, and you're watching it on Odyssey, we're, we're going to be doing a lot more stuff on Odyssey from now on because Odyssey doesn't censor. We're still going to keep our YouTube channel. We're going to write it till the wheels fall off, but there are certain things we can't talk about there. And if you're watching this interview later, it's because YouTube is, we currently have a second strike on our unsafe space, unsafe space channel, and we're not allowed to post anything for two weeks. So this will be only available to Odyssey uh, people and it's free to watch it there for the next two weeks. And then we'll put it up on YouTube. All of that being said, uh, yesterday, I went to message you actually and make sure I was going to message you something and and it kept saying it didn't go through. It didn't go through. And I was like, oh my gosh, did I get banned from Twitter? And then I check your name. Like, no, you got got banned banned from Twitter. Oh my goodness. So tell us what happened with your bet. I saw your video about it, but if you want to give um, us I was on the phone with someone and I was like, uh, I, I, I was telling her, I was like, yeah, it's on my Twitter. And she's like, 
She's like, Jay, I think they nuked your Twitter. And I was like, what? And I went to get on and I was like, what? This is crazy. What is this? And then you check the email and they were like, you have a DC, what is it? A DCMA claim? Is that what they call it? Yeah. MCA claim? Whatever. You know those letters. They, it, it, copyright. It, yeah. And I was like, a copyright on Twitter? For, and so it would happen in February. So there was the tweet. And they're like, here's the tweeting question. And so I clicked on it to see what it was because I'm I hardly even cuss on Twitter. Like I like hardly. Um, um, I actually I try not to. And the only thing I could think of was I always kept posting that the Gina Carano with that saxophone from <laughs> Wham. I'm never going to dance. Yeah. Careless whisper. <laughs> Most of that, like 15 to 20, it's easy because it bothers people. I don't know why it bothers people. It bothers people. Uh, it bothers the right people. Yeah. And like, and I'm like, it's and they're like, yeah, there was a four second uh, song that, that we're, so we're locking you out of your Twitter. They you went now. back and found a tweet from six months ago. Uh, it was February. Yeah. Has that been six months? Yeah. yeah. And half a year ago. So they can permanently ban you. This is <laughs> this is why we're all going to end up perma banned from these major platforms eventually. Because once they've decided that you're in that bad people box we've talked about, there are people who are going to be combing through just trying to find stuff that we've said. Does this apply? Does this apply? Can I get them banned for this? And of course, like in any totalitarian kind of uh, environment, those rules, their rules and guidelines are applied arbitrarily, selectively is a yeah. better word. Only to some people, not to others, right? Do you think they're going to... Did you appeal it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, Twitter is... It is what it is. Um, But I have 20,000 followers. And for someone like me, that's like... That's a pretty cool... <laughs> I was like, for someone like me, that's like pretty cool. Uh, You know, like I never... Again, like I'm one of those people that I get... Like every time I get new followers, I get... Like it puts a smile on my face because my mindset is I'm not in the entertainment. I'm not, I'm just a guy with a cheap webcam. Yeah. I just like to have fun. I like to see people happy. I like to see when my friends succeed. Um, My Twitter has turned it. It was so when my Twitter account was like at a hundred, 500 followers, I was a little more aggressive when people were aggressive at me. When you get to like 5,000, you got to pay a little more attention. At least I did, because now it's like when someone was like, oh, you're this. And I would I would I would come back. Um, I noticed now a lot. I have a lot more followers and they begin the dog pile effect on the person attacking me. And I'm kind of like I, I, I was I watched this and I'm like, I don't know if I really want that so much. So then. When Gina was getting attacked by Lucasfilm employees and I was like, here I am on Twitter defending her and all, cause she, she would never do that. Here I am, you know, defending her and my Twitter account started going 10,000, 12,000, 14,000. I, I really saw like the major, uh, like dog piling on these people. Sometimes it felt good because <laughs> <laughs> at the end of the day, and I'm not going to lie, it's like this person like literally has come out and called this woman the most horrendous things. It's like, no, yeah. I got to expose that. I'm sorry. Like that, you, yeah. you got to be exposed. And then 
what I li- liked about it, like they, a lot of them deleted that that tweet. They deleted it, you know, after they saw like all the attention it got. And so it got to the point where, you know, I hit twenty thousand again. That's still a small number on the scale of mm-hmm. Twitter, but for me, it's like my gosh. Uh, oh yeah. I just have to be careful. I, I started becoming a lot more conscious and careful um, in who I talk to, and because I know there's a lot of eyes on me. After the Gina Carano interview, something weird was happening to my Twitter, and a f- several of my friends were noticing it. That no matter what I posted, no matter what I responded to, there was like seven to fifteen people that just retweeted it. It didn't matter what it was. It didn't matter what I said. I said the word boats and it was like retweeted, retweeted. And somebody reached out to me and they said, well, a lot of news agencies has like bots on Twitter that will just automatically retweet anything you say. So if they miss it, they can just go back to that, that bot account and see what you've said. You know, unless you, like if I said something crazy, you know, and yeah. when Gina Carano's firing was really hot news, everybody was trying to get a scoop or a story on, you know, if it, you know, if, is she friends with Pedro Pascal? Is this happening? Is that? Yeah. So, and I was having fun with Twitter. I would just tweet out emojis, like a smiley face. Get like 45 retweets. And I'm like, see, what is that? Like, why would they? What is that? <laughs> but it's yeah. And so, and so now it's like the Twitter did a, has with the good and the bad. I, you know, I hope I get it back, but it, it just goes to show you. How easy they could just say, we don't like this person this week. Let me just let them, let me remind Jay that we're in charge. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> and and as I was saying to you before we went, before we started recording, it's the thing about living in a, a censorious society is that they, when they come after a person, they're not just trying to uh, instill you with fear. Let's say they reinstate your account. Now, psychologically, even if you don't realize it, you're going to be probably a little less, a little more careful. There's more of an internal sensor. There is for me on YouTube. We have, we try to avoid it. We try to still say whatever we want, but I know there are certain words now. I'm like, you know, it's not worth it. I'm not going to say the name of that drug or that, you know? And so they, they, they are successful at just chipping away just a little bit at your own freedom of speech And then, but, but more than that, it's the people who are watching, because if you have a following of of 20,000, those people see what happened to you. Then it's that little chilling effect. And then as well, and it just spreads and people just become more tight lipped and more, they come up with coded language. We're, we were having so much fun with uh, the first time I was on the Friday night tights show. Mm -hmm. And they are the ones that taught me the word, the coof. Yeah, and yeah. so then I was thinking about <laughs> I was thinking about the 1920s and how they had such an amazing lexicon during, you know, during the uh, prohibition and, and that whole time period. I'm like, we need a new 20s lexicon full of words for other words so we can actually talk on YouTube. So I think we should maybe you could help come up with a dictionary of things of where just sort of this is this word, this is just you know completely coded language. I've been using like old slang (laughs) from the eighties, you know, and and people are like, man, I hadn't heard that joke in a long time. (laughs) It seems like they just started censoring around like 2010, you know, so all that verbiage from that. So if you, if you go back and they don't know any of that or something, you know, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Social media. Mm -hmm. You think uh, how big a role has it played in, 
the the destruction of some things or the good in some things? I think from your perspective. Yeah, I think it is definitely. Well, first, the bad. I think it is sped up some things that might have taken longer otherwise. And the proliferation of of social justice ideology, my old belief system, which I most often describe it as it's just a it's just a mutated kind of Marxism. I know people have different ways of describing it, but sure, sure. The way I describe it is, you know, Marxism of old is sort of it tells us that the best way to look at the world is as a struggle for wealth among class groups. And so we need to take this wealth and redistribute it and make things equal and this is a mutated form of that. It says, okay, well, that didn't work. So no, the best way to look at the world is as a struggle for power among identity mm-hmm. groups. So we need to take this power and redistribute it among, based on identity groups. So, But just like the Marxism of old, that necessarily means you, you can't treat people as individuals. You have to treat them as whatever group they're in. Mm-hmm. So it's collectivist in, in that way, just like white supremacy. It's like, it looks at you and says, you're not an individual. You are a white. You're a man. You're you're in all these different groups, right? And we're going to treat you accordingly. So it's inherently racist. It's inherently sexist. Although it says it's fighting those things, it's actually teaching you. It taught me to judge and treat people differently on the basis of race and sex, supposedly so we could end those things. <laughs> it was mm-hmm. like, what? I can't believe I ever bought into all that, but I did. And a lot of well-meaning people do buy into it. That's a long build-up to say. I don't think that belief system would have spread as fast as it did without social media. Um, The past few years, there was an acceleration point that happened after George Floyd. Uh, It could have been anything, but that's the one that caught fire where it, it then moved into a new stage where it became culturally dominant and mainstream. It, It made the jump. It's like a virus that mutated and it made the jump out of the colleges into all the corporations are speaking it, all yeah. political parties are speaking it, um, all the entertainment properties are speaking it. And you've got McDonald tweeting stuff about yeah. uh, white privilege. You know, it's like it it made that jump into the mainstream. And I think a lot of that had to do that was because of social media and because people have a lot. You don't have to have the majority of the population behind you or believing in this belief system. But if you've got right. loud voices on Twitter. Yeah. A good then, hashtag. Yeah. Yes. So that's a long answer. And then, uh, but on the positive side, yes, I think, I think it also can be a tool that is used that we use to bring down some of this orthodoxy because look at us, look at you and me, we're talking, we haven't been banned yet. I think eventually they will be kicking all everyone like us off of, off of the major platforms, but maybe that's going to backfire because at that point, the only reason some of these other alternatives haven't really taken off is they're squashing, the, they're buying up or squashing the competition. They're smearing them in the press as right wing. Um, but also because we're still, we want to talk to the masses. We want our show to reach the masses. So we're still on YouTube. But yeah. the minute we get banned permanently, well, guess what? Then we're just on Odyssey. So <laughs> like once they ban all of us permanently, I think it might, I think it might backfire on them. So, you ready for my thoughts? Okay. Yeah. Sorry. That was long. <laughs> no, no. I love it. I, you could go for another 20 minutes. I love this stuff. I love it. I love it. Don't ever think you're going long. Cause I'm like learning, you know, uh, and, yeah. and uh, I love hearing people's perspectives. Um, I think social media 
the bad. I think it has start it um it has thrusted a lot of depression and fear in people. We'll start with it. Basically what you were saying and things like that. I've never seen people so sad by going online. So you mm-hmm. take Instagram. Everyone is seeing everyone's best picture and where they are. And what does that tell the individual looking at it? Man, I can I don't have that. Why can't I go? I'm too broke. I ain't like this. Look at this person in a bikini in Hawaii at a waterfall. You know, and here I am living. Some, you know what I mean? So it's like, yeah. Or they'll see their friends at a party that they weren't invited to. Um, we had to deal with a terrible uh, suicide in our town of a young girl who just uh, bullied on social media made her depressed and she took her own life. And it was uh, a wake up call for so many of us older ones. Like got to take this a little serious. Now, um, if it's getting to that point, you go on Twitter, Twitter only pushes negativity, um, you know, negativity and drama. So when you post like happy thoughts, like here's a puppy, it just kind of gets drowned out with, uh, you know, look how terrible this president or look how terrible this person is. Look how terrible. Mm-hmm. And so, so people that go on Twitter are like, it's the world is so terrible and negative. It just makes me sad. You know, like what's the, what's the point? So it skyrockets, it skyrockets that Facebook now has turned into, you know, how I communicate with my mom. So uh, I don't know what's <laughs> going on over there. And, uh, but it's, it, similar. it's, yeah. So it's, it's like, I just kind of like kind of over Facebook now, but when Mark Zuckerberg, um posted that video of him holding the american flag out on the water right he was like surfing he was holding the flag i was like isn't that interesting then florida where i live passed a law that if they deplatform me i can sue them right? right and this is what i think i think social media the people that the powers that be are starting to look like if the right people get put in government we could be, we could be screwed. <laughs> oh yeah! They might give us the power to sue them for millions of dollars for deplatforming for things like that. Even though they're a private company, it's just the way things are worded. So, what I think might happen is a different form of terms of service might show up, and if the right people get put in place and they pass these laws. Um, we might not be, uh, this is all on the positive. We might not be as censored yeah. as a lot of people think that we might be, um, because, you know, they, they, they could be scared of like all of us now. I, and I think yeah. that's why Zuckerberg did that. I honestly think that's why he did that. He looked terribly cringe. Did you With see the flag? I he's like trying to stand on a surfboard and he's holding the flag in the sun. Like it was like, all right. Um, because I, I get it. Like, like the, what our governor did in Florida for, it, it just kind of, that whole law that he passed just kind of went under the, no one's really talking about it, but it, it protects us as creators that live in Florida, you know, from stuff like that. Uh, the lawyer for geese and gamers, like when he saw my Twitter was banned, he goes, you live in Florida, right? Jay? I was like, yeah. He goes, you want to, I was like, nah, let's, let's just see what they do. <laughs> Yeah. Let's just see what they do. Like before, like we start digging in anything. I said, so, you know, if I didn't like copyrighted music, maybe they've got something. So we'll we'll see. We'll see what happens. So it's like, 
and and for everyone listening, he wasn't talking about suing them or anything like that. I'm not suing Twitter. Uh, let me just get that out. But um, but yeah, that's that's what I think. I th- I think they see that that's that's a possible, and I also think that's why they push that progressive or what I don't even know what you call it SJW thinking call because if SJW. they're in charge laws like that ain't gonna get passed yeah you know what I mean so they could still make gazillions of dollars uh you know as long as like certain laws aren't passed so that's what I hope that's what I think could possibly happen but who knows, who knows? I think it's uh I think th- I think it's interesting that regardless of the legality of it mass censorship is wrong (laughs) it's not a good thing and that's why people would get a little frustrated with me and uh, and with jeremy from geeks and gamers because even our once i guess you'd call them enemies when they got deplatformed off youtube we went you know we tweeted out saying no we it should be for everyone whether we agree or disagree everyone has a voice uh everyone's opinion like we don't want to be part of the cancel culture system, you know, um, as well, because we could easily do it on our side as well, saying, yeah. you guys are crazy over there. Like, get rid of all of you. It's like, that's what freedom is. You know, it's 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 go ahead and express yourself and we might laugh at you. But still, we're expressing. Our, you know? that's, that's the difference between being principled and just being having an ideology, I think. Uh, yeah. When you have when you have a principle, if you believe in a principle like free speech, everyone should be able to speak, even my enemy, and the best yeah. ideas will rise to the top. Yeah, and we should be able to criticize one another's ideas. Well, that principle holds true whether you know. Of course, it's it, when it's more important when someone you disagree with is speaking that you stand by that principle. Um, but I think what we see so much of now is people, they put ideology first or political party or what have you. And so it's sort of, I don't really believe in this principle. I just say I do when it works for my side or when it works in the short term goal that I want, but I don't have a universal principle. That's what I see. That's what I saw on my quote unquote side. Um, so glaringly obvious and it had been it had not been obvious to me for a long time, but once I started to see it, you can't unsee it. It's like, yeah. wow, this is just rife with hypocrisy. Or it's like, you know, I started a a Facebook group a couple of years ago when my I first started opening my eyes to a lot of this stuff. It was called Liberals for Free Speech. I made mm. shirts and people were like, that's so that's weird. Liberals are for free speech. I'm like, are they <laughs> like yeah. we're at a time where now it's like. And so that shirt, I just pulled it out of the laundry the other day. I was thinking about how it's aged in two years that that saying now it's like, I think it should be really obvious that now um, it's not necessarily a given that if someone calls themselves a liberal, that they are not for free speech. <laughs> and that's sad. They're, they're changing. Yeah. They're literally changing what that word means. You know, I, I think the majority of people just want, they just want to wake up, have some coffee. Yeah. Watch a good show, go to work, take care of their family and not be bothered. You know, go on a vacation, see some sights, have a good pizza every now and then. And 
that's the that's that's what I think the majority. I mean, I have days like that too. I was like, I don't want to be bothered. I just want to yeah. see the sunshine, you know, and, yeah. and just take a walk. And I don't want to hear any of this nonsense. Uh, so I, you take your phone, and you just turn it off, you know, and then just do your thing. But when it starts to affect, like, uh, I think more people will start to wake up when it begins to affect the things that they love. Like for me, I didn't see any of this stuff um, until it affected Gina Carano. I saw a little bit in Star Wars and that made me like, okay, Hollywood's always been weird. All right. So like my mindset was like, Hollywood's always been weird. I kind of, I get it. But um, when they fired Gina and then not only did they fire her, publicly humiliate her. And then people from the company came out and lied. These are people... I, I looked up to, you know, you work for Star Wars. Like, I want to be you. Like, I know what you do. I have books that you've written. I've had, and they've come out and lied about this woman just mm-hmm. to appease whatever the, the mob. mob, whatever. Yeah. It, that was for me the whole. And then when Gina said, Welcome to the rebellion, I was like, we talked on the phone and I was just like, I'm going to run with that because it seems like. That's where we are right now. Um, yeah. That's where we are. We're in a rebellion. And more people are joining when it starts to affect things that they love. Like yes. right now, there's probably a lot of people that are like, they don't even know what we're talking. They're like, what is woke? What is SJ? What does all that stuff mean? Yeah. I wake up and go get the, the daily news. You know, it's still yeah. delivered on my doorstep. You know, it's like <laughs> I have a nice, you know, it's like I have a nice steak and potato dinner waiting for me. What are you guys talking about? But once it starts affecting things like that. Then they're like, wait, ho, ho, hold on a second. <laughs> it's like, what, no, no, what you're no. describing is I always liked, I th- I love zombie movies and mm. actually the only comics I really ever read were the walking dead ones before they made the show. Um, Those comics and- were pretty <laughs> R rated brutal. <laughs> yeah, they were. Hey, nothing but like I- the show, man. I got some of those comics. I was like, <laughs> Jeez, they are pretty. The storylines uh, also like really. Yeah, yeah. I was like, man, these comics are a little hardcore. <laughs> yeah, but there's something about zombie stories that really, uh, it's very applicable to what I see happening in the world today. It's a good allegory, and I usually like to ask people what you just described, Jay. Your moment with Gina Carano—that's when you could see a little bit more of of all mm. this, what this stuff is, right? Because it affected something that you like and you saw it happen in front of you and anybody who's awake to this belief system, they usually have a story like that. And to me, it reminds me of in a zombie story, the first time you realize that something's wrong, like something, the first time you realize the world has changed, right? Like the scene in the movie where you see your husband and you're like, and then you realize he's not himself. And, and so everyone has that story. And I think you're right. It's it, as it starts to touch their lives in different ways. For some of the people I've talked to, it's been through their kids. Mm. Their kid comes home from school and tells them something that they're like, wait, what are you learning? Like, (laughs) that's not what I, that sounds a little weird. And so that's the first time they touch the tip of that iceberg, right? Of like, what is this um, cultural belief? You know, it's, I I do think of it like an iceberg. And I think, I think um, we've crashed on it and we don't quite realize that we've crashed on it yet, Mm. but the Titanic um, took a long time to sink. Yes. But a lot of people were saved. 
you know like not right. as much as they could have saved but they didn't like people did get saved um, people were saved they, yeah i i you know i've seen i'm in my 40s now and presidents come and go you know i've seen i, I i've never really liked politics too much and but i've seen presidents come presidents go uh laws change you know back and forth i've also seen uh communist governments you know dictate i've you know being in dictatorships and even being in haiti where the government literally after the earthquake the government just packed up and left for the people to fend for themselves with no like nothing no police yeah. no military like no nothing and it always you know you would see people on twitter saying oh we need we need this form of socialism or we need this form of this and i'm just like before you really want that, here's a plane ticket and go over there and see how they like it. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like, see, see what's going on over there. And to have a world perspective, I always came back and, and I always felt in my heart, like if if we moved a little bit in that direction, people would be like, nah, that ain't it. Let's 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 move back um, because this is too much. But. I hope I, I, I hope that's what will happen, honestly, yeah. because it it. The, the pendulum it, it always swings you know like i think i've I, like i said I've, I've always it always swings and we're really swung we're at one point and hopefully it'll swing back a little bit with uh i just want a little more common sense how about that like can we just start with that can we just start with like with like common sense uh i, I i've given up on you know hollywood and their because whatever's going on over there now it's just they live in a, they live in their own world. Like they yeah. just, they, they've got a world and they just think they're like the champions that are changing it while nobody really cares about their movies and TV shows anymore. Yeah. Um, and I, again, I think it'll swing because at the end of the day, I hate to say it, but money rules. I mean, money is like you start messing with these rich people's money. Then they're going to be like, okay, uh, hold on a second here. So, cause like what's happening, I'll give you an example. What's happening at Disney World theme parks right now is really interesting. They decided that they want to start catering to the super rich and they want to see how that benefits them. So after the lockdowns, they reopened and now they've changed everything, um, what they're doing. So their, their annual pass has doubled in price. Now you're talking about People haven't worked for a year. They're like, you know, they're struggling. They're releasing a Star Wars resort hotel, which is a minimum. The cheapest rate you can get is about $6,000 for two people. That's a minimum. And they're like, they have no problem saying, yeah, that's what it costs. Enjoy. So, and now they're, and now they're releasing a whole system uh, which is really interesting that if you have the money, you don't have to wait in lines anymore. You can individually buy and and I'm doing the quick verse, but you could buy line skippers for each ride. So it's like. And in the past, that used to be more. It used to be free. Free. Uh, so, yeah. And so there was always and and it wasn't as expensive and stuff. So I'm seeing Disney like. We're going to try this because we want to make money. You know, uh, our money's been affected by the lockdowns. Our money's been affected. So we're going to try to make our money back. And 
I'm watching I'm watching these these Disney fans that are like and there's like hardcore Disney theme park like you said like they are hardcore Disney can do no wrong. I've seen them like on videos, like crying, saying, I can't even afford to go anymore. And I'm wondering how, what's going to happen. Universal Studios, which is right next door, their sales have skyrocketed. Like, like so much that they're doing like special events 30 days longer than what they normally have done. Like for Halloween, they're starting Halloween today. It's September 1st. And they're going to extend it because... Their tickets are skyrocketing. Like, like people can't, they're selling out. And I've been to Universal where they they've actually had it, they've, they've maxed out of people, which is not new for them. And and so I'm watching this, you know, and, I, and I'm just wondering, like, it is it, because Disney's a big part in this whole woke culture and their movies and stuff. You're just wondering now, like, is their money gonna get affected? Are they going to swing back to where, you know, maybe a little balance <laughs> because yeah, I mean, they got rid of Splash Mountain. They're getting rid of Jungle Cruise. They're getting rid of all these things because they feel like it's not diverse. It's it's bad. It's like it'll hurt people's feelings. So they're changing all these classic rides to make them more progressive. Oh, and, and yeah. gee, I had not heard that. <laughs> yeah. So Splash Mountain was based off the movie Song of the South with uh, Br'er Rabbit. Right. Oh, and so, so they, they won't. They don't sell now? that movie anymore because it's wow. it's not cultural appropriate. And so they're gonna wow. gut out Splash Mountain and change it. And now the Jungle Cruise had a scene in it where they met. They called them headhunters from Africa, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, they they've taken all that stuff out to make it more uh, cultural appropriate. Um, so all these classic rides that they had, and now they're talking about removing the uh, the kiss of snow white because the prince kissed snow white without consent. her consent yeah no. think about removing that from the ride uh and all that stuff oh too. god yeah that's what i'm saying so you have these crazy disney fans which god bless them if they're happy i'm glad they're happy and i'm watching them now start to like i don't know if i can go back like this is too much they've gone too far this and that I was at Disney World Wednesday for, you know, park hopping, and it was pretty empty. <laughs> now, granted, school's back in town, um, and I'm going to Universal today to to compare. But it, it's it's uh it's really interesting. I wonder, like I'm saying, it's swinging, and it's and now swinging. is it going to be like? All right, I think we, I think we messed up here. We're yeah. losing money. We gotta swing this thing swing back around. Back. So. You know, you know what, and, what I hope is that when things swing back, not just there, but like culturally uh, on a big scale, that it's not an overcorrection. That's the problem. Exa- yes, that was my yes. next thing. I don't want to go like all the way to the other side. Now we're like back in pilgrim days and we're like, what? <laughs> what's going on here? Like, yeah, modest, like, you know, there's a clothing ban. You got to wear long sleeve. <laughs> we don't want to show no skin, you know, like stuff like right. that. So. But you know, I hope, you know, it's like it's like a we don't like the woke kind of pure uh, puritanical culture. Let's go to this uh, yeah. Christian puritanical Complete culture opposite. and then they just feed. Yeah, but they're both. It's like wait, the problem here is you're puritanical. That's the problem. It doesn't matter yeah. what kind of puritanism it is. It's the same thing with racism. They're like racism is bad. Yes, it is. Okay, yeah. so 
we're going to fix it with this kind of racism. No, that's yeah. not going to work. You've still got racism there. <laughs> I like, know. Like, what are you doing? Well, they change. Um, that's, the, that's the thing is like the SJW mindset is changing the rules that benefit them. You know, now the whole thing is this is this weird white male guilt being pushed that I've seen. I've never noticed before uh, that was on social media. And now it's like, well, you can't be racist towards white people. You just can't. And I'm like, okay <laughs> like when was that a rule change yeah um i just my my hope and prayer is there's a lot there's more good out there than there is crazy yeah i hope with like traveling and meeting people and and documenting that the whole jaywalk in the planet channel is going to be going on these adventures and meeting some really cool people that are doing cool stuff you I know and that's what I that's what I want. And I hope to get around your area. That would be I was gonna say, yeah. will you come to Texas? Oh, and that's the plan. That's the plan. Okay. So and if I if I make it out to Florida, I really want to come park copy with oh, you. Oh, definitely. Oh man, you gotta let me know. Like I'll okay. set it all up. It'll be fantastic. You'll have the cool. I do this for every all these YouTubers all contact me. They're like, all right, Jay, take me on a like an event. I'm like, yeah, let's go. Cause I know all the ins and outs and how to save you a ton of money and all that stuff. But um, but yeah, that's my hope is, is like, uh, we'll, we'll start to get back a little normal. We'll swing back a little bit and, and we'll just find a little more balance until we see the next, uh, you know, till the next, the next swing. Um, I, I do think people are getting tired of it. I do think they're starting to wake up and, but they also have to go live lot like the, the the other problem i see is like people this is what people do way too much is oh my god what did he say look at that they're terrible they're tearing up my country this and that put your phone down for a minute <laughs> and go enjoy your beautiful country listen as much as i you know slam california my big adventure last week was um someone took me hiking at mount whitney in california and i it, I put it up on the jaywalk and I I've never, it was beautiful, you know, mm -hmm. like I had no phone service, no nothing. I never really hiked before and I'm not very good at it, but that's what made it funny. <laughs> and so here I have this, I, you know, I have this other person that's just like a master climber and hiker taking a nobody. And I was like, it makes good video. Number one, but number two, it was, it, there was moments where I'm like, let's just turn the cameras off for like an hour. Like, I don't even want to say anything. And it's like, this is what, this is yeah. what, it, you know, there's beauty out there. There's beauty in people. There's beauty in children. There's beauty in creativity. There's beauty in people that you disagree with. There's beauty. Uh, it's just everywhere. You just got to find, you got to, you got to get off the digital stuff and go find it. It's there. I promise you it's there. And the world isn't as ugly as social media makes it out out yeah. to be uh next in two weeks i'm going to mexico i'm going outside of tijuana there was an orphanage that we were building there that had that was stopped because the world was shut down it's for special needs children and adults i'm going there with the cameras i'm gonna film this whole documentary there about the extraordinary people that have given up their lives for these forgotten kids and i don't want them to be forgotten like i like yeah. you're not forgotten like we but they don't, that, that's the thing is like, they don't care. Like we don't feel forgotten. This is our purpose. We want to take care of these kids, whether we make headlines or not. I don't, we don't care. 
And so that's where I, that's where I came from talking about loving yourself and and serving without worrying about even a thank you because you're happy with who you are as yourself. The problem is people they chase things like so it's like I'm going to do all this so I can get this. Yes. If I don't get this then why did I do all that? You know, it's like yes. I'll help you but make sure you go on Twitter and tell everyone how much money I gave you and how much yes. of a good person I am. You know, it's like that. It's like, nah, man. Like that'll come on its own. Like it, it really will. If you if if that's all you want. And it, going back to the Bible, I'm just saying, like, uh, standing on that, street corners. Yeah, it's like that's their reward. Yeah. And, and Jesus was like, don't be like those people because if they just want praise, then that's their reward. I got something better for you. You know, I got something yeah. better for you. And um, we get to that. If people can get to that point, I, I'm telling you, the broken world that we live in, everyone will have their own piece of the puzzle and start putting it back. And we'll see the beauty again. All right. That was another big. I love that, though, because I was going to ask you about some to end on something positive, And you just did. So mm. uh, but I, one thing about that, about I had this moment. So our unsafe space Twitter was perma banned in January. And we appealed and they rejected our appeal. They said that we were evading a ban. They didn't tell us how or what we were doing to evade a ban. Um, I joke, I like to joke that we were evading a ban by following the TOS. <laughs> so it's like, you're banned. Why? Because you're trying not to get banned. Um, but anyway, so we were permanently banned. But the weird thing is before that happened, I had just had this sort of epiphany about censorship and stuff. And it was sort of, it was sort of like, bear with me, any atheist watching, but it was sort of like, oh, God. God isn't, God isn't your, your value, the value of what you're working on right now is not your platform or how many followers you have. And, and those are things to celebrate. Yes. Don't get me wrong, but that's, that's not the destination itself. That's not the reason right. to do this itself. And if you get, if your microphone gets turned off on this platform or wherever, it doesn't matter. There, there will be another door that's opened and you keep doing always. what you do always, because the goal is not like, it's all the things that will come with it that, um, are nice to have and nice to celebrate like uh, people actually watching and caring what you're doing or being able to make some money from it. And, and, and those things are great and, and you should celebrate them successes, but that's not the goal. And when that's the goal, then you've lost sight and that's a problem. Yeah. And that's when I think things God will take, like show you, this is not the goal. You need to have this thing taken away so you can understand that. Right. And I saw that happen when I worked in entertainment. I saw people who every once in a while I'd work with someone who, like you talked about earlier, would be compared. It was one comedian I worked with who's comparing himself to other comics all the time. And he's like, well, he has this, he has that. Why does he have this? And then I don't think it was a coincidence that he was the same comic who also would come up with the wrong goals. Uh, it would be like, so what do you want to work on this year? And he's like, I think I've been to a podcast because so-and-so got famous doing a podcast. It's like, mm -hmm. that's not why you do a podcast is to get famous. Yeah. You do a podcast because there's something you're so compelled to speak about or to have yeah. fun doing like you drunk free people. We're going to have fun yeah. doing this, whether anyone's watching or not. And that's the goal. That's the goal itself is doing the show. It's not, yeah. this is an avenue to fame, money, power, you know, all these things of like worldly things. And I think you got your priorities messed up. And so it's really easy to do that. I've even seen wrong thinkers, people who've been canceled 
right? Like from mainstream society in one way or another, then sort of build up a platform as a wrong thinker, as a, you know, a modest or a large platform, and then get confused again and start to put all that value in the platform itself and, and let it, let it change them. So they won't talk about certain things or they won't stand up because, because suddenly they're, they have something they're afraid of losing again. It's like, but you already lost everything once you can lose it again. It's okay. Like that. You, you can't put all your faith in having these things, right? No, cause it's, uh, it's gone in a snap of, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Uh, I, if I were to end on one thing is I read this somewhere. I can't remember where, but it's, it, Sometimes you read a book and you're like, that eh, was cool. But there was like one thing that just stood out. Yeah. Um, I always feel life. Uh, so before we had these cruise ships, we had they, they called them ocean liners way back in the day. And they would take people on all these amazing destinations. So like you'd leave New York, go to Greece, France and go all over the world. So it's like a one line. So it was like a one line. That's the destination. Okay. And now what we've done is made the boat the destination. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and so like in life, we're supposed to go from one side, you know, and 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 we have all these little stops of like things that happen in life, you know, like good moments and adventures and creativity and productive and everything. And then then life is and it's over. But now we it seems like we just get on the boat now and it's like that's the destination. So it's we can do everything in the boat now. We don't have to get out. We don't have to. We don't have to make these stops. So just like Wally, you know, they were just in a boat. <laughs> we boat. just made that the destination. Yes. And so we keep advertising how great the boat is and not the <laughs> destination. So it's like you can you can ride roller coasters on this cruise. You can do this. You can watch <laughs> movies. We got all the food. We got everything. And it's just like, um, and we we kind of apply that to life sometimes, where it's like, no, no, man, we're supposed to get over here. And now you want to be stuck here. And when, when, th when bad things happen, you know, like you said, when things are removed and stuff, we, it's like panic mode, but, but that's not, that's not where the final destination is supposed yeah. to be. So it's, you know, and I, I love and, that. Yeah. It was like, I read that. I was like, well, that makes a lot of sense. So um, yeah, man, life is a gift and enjoy it as much as you can, because there's definitely yeah. enough heartache in it uh, throughout the years, you know? That's why we take photos. That's why we take photos of like perfect spots because we want to remember that time where it was like almost perfect. I was with great people. I, I had good food. I had a great trip because the rest of the time we're all like scurrying around working and cleaning and trying to figure out what to wear and trying to lose weight and, and stressing and, you know, trying to, it's like all that. And then you have that moment again, you're like, Oh, I'm here. Let's take a photo. So I can remember this time that I had some peace. <laughs> yes. I had, I had a good meal here, you know, because I'm eating, you know, cereal at home and like old oatmeal because I'm running around and like, it's just stressful and I got to go to the post office and I got to do this and I got to, you know, <laughs> it's like a nonstop scurry, nonstop. you know, and then, then you stop and take a photo and you're like, ah, peace. <laughs> Let me yes, remember peace. this time. <laughs> so I've really enjoyed talking with DJ. Oh, I appreciate being and I'm honored that you invited me. I like freaked out when you sent me a message. I was like, what? Who See, am that I makes that me you laugh. want on your show? Who am I? Like, this is so cool. <laughs> That's so I'm cool. like you. I'm sort of like, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't really. I just a person who's is sitting here talking to my friend Carter with the camera on. So 
I have the attitude of action like, figures in my backdrop. I mean, that's just who I am. I like got Thanos' gauntlet, you know, like my backdrop. You know. I like your uh I like your drunk 3PO sign, by the way. Um, yeah, it was a gift. It was a gift, but people tease me. They're like, Did you put that up so you don't forget your name? I was like, it was a gift, so I'm putting it up. We're gonna do at some point we're gonna do an unsafe space thing for me, but somebody one of our um, cross stitchers made this, Isn't which that is awesome kind of cool. And you stuff, yeah. Freaking, then, everything here, everything behind me is a gift. Yeah, and I just want to like this. showcase it because I love it. Not today, Joy Eater. Because I call that. those I love it. Joy Eaters. <laughs> I love so, it. We're gonna wrap up, and then I'm gonna ask you just a, three questions for our extras. Thank you so much for being with us today, Jay. So I people can you. find you online at youtube at drunk 3po or yeah. jaywalking the planet yeah just says just jaywalking the planet's my favorite channel but drunk 3po is like the daily news silliness channel so yeah so f- find you there and they can't find you on twitter although maybe by the time this maybe, airs you'll be know. back Thanks for watching. If you're new to the channel, we have a deep content library that includes interviews with everyone from Mike Cernovich to Megan Murphy. So go check it out. If you'd like to see more, please consider supporting the show by visiting unsafespace.com donate. You can find us on all the major social media platforms. Well, mostly. And you can find a community of like-minded individuals on our Unsafe Space chat on Telegram. See you there. Warning. This is an unsafe space. Dangerous ideas have been detected. The content of this production has not been authorized by the Cathedral. The following co-conspirators have been unpersoned and may be subject to federal entrapment. Research shows that wearing a mask significantly reduces the risk of becoming infected with independent thought. The next war will be nothing like Afghanistan. I promise. If you think about it, no one should be allowed to express opinions. But don't think about it, I mean, that's not your job. Thinking has been scientifically proven to be less efficient than compliance. Science, scientific, and scientifically are registered trademarks of the World Economic Forum. Unauthorized use is prohibited. Computer voice, Curtis, never mind, that last line is fake news. Please disregard it and return to your safe space immediately. There will be cake.